Before I dive in, I want to just again uh, just echo what so many of them already, uh, have already said. Thanks for coming to church today. Whether you're in the building or online, we are excited that you are here. We believe we pastored one of the greatest churches in all of the world because you are great people. Thank you for placing a priority on this morning and upon this day. There's just nothing like the church getting together. We, we know when you're here and we know when you're, you're not. We care about you. We love you. And again, for all those that are online, and if you're new here, thanks for coming and checking us out. And uh, we'd love to respond to you again. Fill out that I'm here, new here card, and we'd love to connect with you and let you know how much we appreciate. And also give you a next step if you'd like to find out more about us. So, uh, man, my wife is on fire today, huh? She's preaching away. So, You know, she's been traveling the world. She was on Richard Roberts and Lindsay Lane. Anybody see any of that? Yeah. She's been doing television shows and just preaching around the world. So uh, I probably should show them that little video, huh, baby? No. It's like, that's like an hour worth of interviews that you've done. Uh, over. So, so if you want to, you can go online and see that. And if you want to be a part of it. You know what? They, they just bragged about the church here. I'm telling you. If, if you're not excited about the church, I mean, I, there's people out there that are really excited about about the church here. Let, let me uh, just go ahead and dive into what we're going to be doing uh, this morning and even in the weeks ahead. I want to show a video to kind of frame what I want to talk about today. Uh, this video is of Richard Roberts, and he was here just a couple months ago. And at the end of the service, he prophesied concerning this ministry, this church, and our lives. And I want to use this as a springboard uh, to frame, again, what I want to talk about today and even in the weeks ahead. When, when he spoke this, it was such a confirmation of other, and I could bring other videos in here just to confirm that, but it, it was such a confirmation of what God was already speaking into my heart. So I, I have a, uh, a suspicion that today and the weeks ahead, it's not going to just be normal church for you. I believe that God wants to speak to us. God wants to give us direction. God wants to guide us. So if you're just looking to do the religious thing, probably the next few weeks wouldn't be good for you. So it's going to be crazy around here. It's going to be some good stuff. So uh, I want you to watch. It's only 45 seconds, and let's frame where we're going today. And uh, Ecclesiastes says, what God has done, he will do again. And you watch. It's coming. And I have a feeling this church is going to be a great part of it. So Pastor Randy, I want to say to you what my father said to me. Make no little plans here. Make no little plans here. God has a great vision in you. He has his spirit in you. And you've just begun. Give the Lord praise. Hallelujah. So this morning, um, the title of my message is Make No Little Plans Here. Make No Little Plans Here. Um, before I dive in, I just heard Rob over there. Didn't Rob do a great job ministering last week? Rob, thank you. You know, a few years back, the Lord dealt with me about 
taking this church. I'm going to be talking from my heart today and just sharing some things that I typically would not share. But a few years ago, the Lord began to deal with me about taking this church into a season of restructuring and reorganizing and realigning. For those that don't know, we've been in this valley for 30 years. Uh, at times, we've had more than one campus and have flourished in doing all of that. And God has blessed us in these years. There, there's been times where we've had up to seven, eight services on a weekend with thousands of people coming a, across all of our campuses. And uh, a few years ago, the Lord dealt with me, and we didn't talk about it at the time, but we just began to do what God was saying to do. And, uh, and God was dealing with me that, 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 um, that, that we were to bring some stuff in. And so we begin to, um, we begin to uh, bring in some campuses that we had out there. We had one in Madeira and one in the other. Uh, you know, Madeira, we're going back to Madeira, by the way. So, so, so you go right there. So. But the Lord said, I, I need you to bring those back in. Not because they were small, but, but because God was reorganizing and restructuring and realigning us. And he told me so that you will be in a position to relaunch in a bigger and better way. Because sometimes after 30 years, you have what is called mission drift, and you can just get to doing the religious thing and not the God thing. And you can have numbers, but numbers doesn't mean God's in it. You can have a crowd and God not even be there. We have proven in America you can have church without God. Woo, can't get no help in here. I'm going to have some fun today. And um, so we begin to pull some campuses in and begin to make adjustments. And, and, um, and in all those adjustments, right after that, COVID hit. <laughs> and then I knew why God was saying what he was saying. I, I don't know that we would have been able to weather some of the things that we went through in COVID like we did without without making some of those, those decisions. So COVID hit and then we just, we just consolidated and, and have been on purpose, just really fighting not to get numbers, but to get the spirit of what God is doing in this house. We can do seven, eight, 10 services. We can have thousands of people. Anybody can do that. But to have God and to have miracles, and to have a move of the Spirit, and to have a revival. It, it, it costs a little more than just our American version of church. I hope I'm not offending anybody. And so uh, COVID hit, and, and then I really knew why. God had dealt with me to do what we had done. And uh, honestly, for 30 years, this, this has been some of the most enjoyable church I've ever done. I only had one, one service. That, 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 that's, that's not been my life for the last 30 years. I've cherished this opportunity and I've cherished this moment, I've cherished this time, but I believe we're in a, a place right now where, where God is calling us to make no small plans. When the Lord dealt with me about pulling things in, He says, you're not pulling them in to shrink the church. He said, it's like a bow, you're going to pull it back so that you can launch forward and be more effective than you've ever been before. And when, when Richard said what he said, make no small plans here, 
my spirit man came alive. And I knew that we had pulled back and pulled back and it was time to launch forward, specifically in things that God would begin to put upon, put upon our heart, even in the days and the, the months ahead, to dream and to believe for all that God has for us. In Isaiah chapter 49, um, I want to use this as our opening text today that really confirms what I'm talking about here. It's the heart of God. It's, it's actually Isaiah um, declaring what God is saying to you and I. Here's what Isaiah says in Isaiah 49. It says, I, find, I find the source of all my strength in my God. That's good. I find the source of all my strength in my God. Who says, now he's going to tell you what God is wanting to say to you. He's going to tell you what God is wanting to say to me. The God who says it is too small a thing. That you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore them, preserve the ones of Israel. I want you to hear that. God is saying to his servants, any servants here today? Isaiah was a servant. If you're a born-again believer, you are a servant of the Most High God. Notice what this verse, don't, don't miss it here. Notice what this verse is saying. God is saying it's too small a thing that you, my servants, would just raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore and preserve the ones of Israel. What is he saying? These are the Jewish people. God says, I'm not just raising you up to impact Jewish people because that would be too small of a thing. Oh, my, my, my. Well, what, what do you have in mind, God? He says, I will also make you a light of the nations so that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. What, what, is, what is God saying here? I'm not just called to the Jewish people. I'm just not called to the black people. I'm not just called to the honky white people. I'm called to every ethnicity. I'm called to the young and the old. This isn't just about you. This is about all families. Uh, it's too small. Oh, it's too small of a thing for you and your family just to be saved. God's got your neighborhood in mind. Come on, God's got your community in mind. God's got this city in mind. God's got this nation in mind. He says it would be too small of a thing for you to just have a cute little church because there's another person down the road that needs to hear about Jesus. There's somebody that you live by that needs to hear about Jesus. There's somebody that you're going to be at work with tomorrow that needs to hear. And it's too small of a thing for you just to go to heaven. God says, I got bigger plans in mind for your life and my life. I want my salvation. You ought to hear it. I want my salvation to reach to the ends of the earth. God says it's a, too small of a thing. I'm going to send my light. I'm going to send my ability. I'm going to save the whole world. Listen, if you're not interested in seeing the whole world saved, you're not on God's business. You're, 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 you, you, don't, you don't have the heart of God. God wants to see the world saved. It's too small of a thing for us to have our religious huddle here on Sunday. God has a city of mine. Come on, God's got a a state in mind. Come on, we don't have to move out of California. Come on, we can see revival in California. Here's, 
Here's what I need you to hear. God always wants his purpose, his plans to go big. We didn't pull back to shrink. We pulled back to have more impact. Come on, somebody. Anybody going to help me preach? Come on, does anybody have a sister or a daughter or a brother or an uncle or an aunt that needs to be saved? Does anybody know anybody? I believe God is looking over your life. And you know what I believe he's saying about your life? It's too small of a thing. I want my plan and I want my purpose to go big in your life. Make no, make no little plans here. You know what I believe God is saying and looking at this church today? I believe he's saying it's too small of a thing. I want my plan and I want my purpose to go big in this church. God wants his plans. God wants his purpose to go big in your life, in your neighborhood, in your city, in your nation, in your world. God always wants your vision to be bigger. Don't make it small. God's wanting to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could think. You serve a big God. Come on, don't shrink your God. I said, don't shrink your God. I believe our best days are ahead of us, amen? Make no little plans here. So over the next several weeks, here's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about who we are and where we're going. Woo! Who we are. So I wouldn't miss the next several weeks. In fact, I don't know how long we'll be doing this. Maybe in this, maybe in this all summer long. Who we are, you could just go message after message. Who are we? We're a church that believes in healing. Come on, we're a church that believes in restoration. We, we, we're a church that believes you can get healed and delivered and set free. We, we, believe, we believe that God's got a plan and a purpose for you. We believe that God can run discouragement and depression out of your life. We believe those suicidal thoughts could be gone by the end of this service. We believe a lot of stuff. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about who we are and where we're going, our assignment, our mission. We're going to talk about some things that God's begin to put in our hearts as we begin to possess more territory and lands as we launch out. Because as a church, we have an assignment. We have a responsibility upon this earth. And we're making no little plans here. Three people. I said, we're making no little plans. Can I get a witness? Can I get some help? Come on, making no little plans here. Come on, we're making no little plans for our family, for our homes. So I, I want to just give you the introduction to this. So it's really not a message, but it's just, in fact, I don't even know if I'm going to get through the introduction. We'll just park and then we'll pick up next week. It's one of, it's, it's, it's kind of just, it's just kind of one of those messy series that I believe God's going to speak to us in a powerful way. You better get ready. This is our year of better than ever. Come on, better than ever. But, but let me give you three things as I'm establishing this foundation to set, set, set some things up to where we can talk about uh, who we are and where we're going in the weeks ahead. There's three things you need to know about God's big plans for your life. 
three things you need to know about God's big plans for your life. Here's the first thing. Here's the first thing you need to know. God's not finished with you yet. God's not finished with you, with you yet. God's not finished working in you. God's not finished working through you. God's not finished working in your family. Not finished working in your marriage. Not finished working with your kids. Woo! Woo! Come on, that, that was some help for somebody right there. I said, God's not finished working in your kids, right? God's not finished working in your relationships. Here's what I got to tell you. God's not finished work. He's not finished with you yet. He's not finished working, listen, with your potential and with your, with your purpose and with your story. God's got more resources for you. Come on, God want, God's, God's got more for you. If you're still breathing, then God is still working. He's got more victories for you. He's got more breakthroughs for you. God's got more healing for you. Come on. He's got more provision for you. God's got more help for you. I'm here to tell somebody, God's not finished with you yet. Now, this, gotta, this is going to get somebody happy right here. Right? Are you about ready? God's got more years for you. Really? Really? Come on. We want some participation. I said, God's got more years. You, you thought it was over. It's not over. I said, it's not over till God says it's over. You're here by the mercy of God. If the devil would have had his way, you would have been gone a long time ago. Just think about the mercy that's kept you alive, that's kept you from that accident, that's kept you from that tragedy. I'm here to tell somebody, you got more years ahead. Is anybody thankful that they're still alive and still breathing? God's not finished with you yet. Your story, your story is still being written. There's more chapters to your life. You've got to believe that. Concerning the big plans that God has for you, here's where you have to start. You have to believe that God's not finished with you, with you yet. The Bible says this in Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 18. Notice what it says. It says, but God's not. <laughs> Hello. Uh, some of you weren't believing me. You ought to believe the Bible. God's not finished. Well, what's God doing? He's waiting around to be gracious to you. Woo! That makes me happy right there. We may not get any further. Come on, God's waiting. We thought he was mad at us. No, God's not. You, you heard a preacher lie to you. God's not mad at you. And God's not finished with you. God is not finished. What is he doing? He's waiting to be gracious to you. Why? God takes the time to do everything right. Somebody shout everything. God's looking at your life. And he's looking to make everything right. Philippians 1, 6, we know this. But, but it's so important as we read these familiar verses that, that we don't, we say, well, I know that. Yeah, but is it working in your life? Paul said this, be confident, being confident of this very thing. That he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. 
The Bible confirms that God's not finished with you yet. Paul tells you that you need to be confident of this very truth. You need to, be, you need to have confidence today in God's big plans for your life that God's not finished with you yet. Be confident of that. Be confident, number one, that God is doing a good work in you. It's not a bad work He's doing in you. The Bible says every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of lives. God's doing it. You've got to be confident. You've got to know every day you get up and, and breathe. You've got to know that God is doing something good in your life. Paul says you need to be confident about that, and then you need to be confident about this, according to this verse, that he's not done doing this good work in your life. How do you know that? Because he says he'll keep working on it until the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if Jesus hasn't come back for his church yet, that means God is still committed to doing the good in your life. If Jesus hasn't returned, then God's not finished with you yet. If God started it, God will finish it. Tell somebody next to you, tell somebody God's working on it. Tell your other neighbor, tell your other neighbor God's working on it. Romans 8, 28. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. We don't just make statements around here. We back it up by the Word of God. God's not finished with you yet. How do you know that, Pastor? Romans 8, 28. And we know. And we know. Somebody say, I know. And all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose, or those that are living for the purposes of God. So what is it that we know? Here's what we know. If it's not good, God's not done. Hallelujah. Woo! Somebody ought to shout. Somebody ought to give the Lord a hand praise. If it's not good, then God is not done. You, somebody needs to hear that today because you're in pain and you're, you're frustrated and you're irritable. And I'm here to tell you, if it's not good, God's not done. God's not finished with the situation. He's not finished with your children. He's not finished with that marriage. He's not finished with those relationships. Come on, he's not finished with your bank account. If it's not good, then God, here's what you need to understand in the big plans of God. You need to understand God's not finished with you yet. Come on, He's working on it. Come on, I'm saying He's working on it. God's working on you. He's working in you and through you. And what is He doing? He's working on taking all the bad and the good and the ugly and making it work out for your, your good. God's not finished with my health. God's not finished with my family. God's not finished with my finances. Hello. Come on, I'm just talking on your behalf here this morning. God's not finished with my dreams, my potential, my purpose. God's not finished. Make no small plans here. Make no little plans here. If we're going to see God's bigness in our life, the starting point is to understand and to believe God's not finished with me yet. As long as I'm breathing, God's working. Come on, as long as I'm breathing... God is working. Here's number two. The second thing, I have to make up my mind. So important. I have to make up my mind that I'm not finished yet. Woo! God's not finished yet. But in the 
scope of God doing big things in your life and big things in our church and, and big things in the future. It's not, it's not enough for God not to be finished with us yet, but we have to make up our mind that we're not finished yet. Please understand that this promise that God's not finished yet won't do you a bit of good without your commitment that, that, that you're not finished yet. For, for God to finish what He wants to finish in your life, your, your resolve has to be, I'm not finished yet. We, we know God's not finished yet, but the problem with so many people is, is they've given up. They finished a long time ago, and that's why they don't get excited about when you talk about what God can do in their life because they've already thrown in the towel. You, you know the, the Bible doesn't teach quitting? Did you know God can't help a quitter? Woo! God can't use a quitter? No. For, for, for God to be able to finish what He wants to finish in your life, you have to be committed to fighting and living another day. The Bible doesn't teach quitting. In fact, Hebrews chapter 10 talks about a people who wanted to quit. Here's, here's what the Bible told a people that wanted to quit. Here it is in verse 38. So don't throw it all away now. Woo! <laughs> Some of you came here just for this verse. This is your part of the... You, you, you didn't get nothing out of the worship. You didn't get nothing out of the offering. You didn't get nothing out of the introduction. But this is your portion right now. You came to hear this. This is, this is, this is, this is an ordained moment. Don't throw it all away now. You were sure of yourself then. It's still a sure thing, basically now. But you need to stick it out. Stay in with God's plan so you'll be there for the promised completion. Ooh. Somebody ought to get excited because it won't be long. It won't be, oh, somebody tap their neighbor and say, it won't be long now. He's on the way. God's on the way. He'll show up most any minute. But anybody who is right with me thrives on loyal trust. That's commitment. But if he cuts and runs, I won't be very happy. But we're not quitters who lose out. I said, but we're not quitters who lose out. I said, we're not quitters who lose out. Oh, no, we'll stay with it and survive, trusting all the way. It's not enough for God to be committed to you and finishing things in your life, but you've got to be committed to getting up another day, refusing to quit in your life. That's the reason why Galatians 6, 9 says, so let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing. Come on, get ready. Come on, no small plans here. A harvest of blessing, what? If we do not give up. It's not enough for God to be committed to finishing things in your life, but you need to be committed to God finishing things in your life. Most of the church, most of the church knows about Abraham. They've heard about Abraham and how God made a promise to him and that God would bless them and God would make a great nation out of Abraham and, and how God called him out and, and called him to go in and possess 
the land of Canaan for God's people. And we know that Abraham obeyed God and he left everything that he had in search for what we know as the promised land. And that's why Abraham is known throughout Scripture as the father of our faith. And that's why we, we know our God is the God of who? Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, his, his, his kids, his family. But did you know it all started with one man that eventually became a nation? Well, we, we all know about Abraham. If you've come to church long or studied the Bible, we all know about Abraham. But very few people know about Abraham's father, Terah. No, no. Now, focus in here. We won't be much longer. Come on, I'm finding a place to land right now. No small plans. No little plans here. We all know about Abraham and the, the great faith of Abraham, but do you know about his father? His father, Terah. Do you know that Terah was actually destined to be what Abraham became? I'm going to say that again. The reason why you don't know about Terah is because Terah never became what he was purposed to become. Abraham, or Terah, excuse me, was destined to be what Abraham became. Most scholars believe that Abraham's promise was originally Terah's promise. And that's why we see Terah at one time in Scripture. We don't hear a lot from him, but we see at one time in Scripture where Terah actually packs up his whole family in pursuit of the promised land. Let me show it to you right here. In Genesis chapter 11, verse 31, it says, Terah took his son Abram, hello, his daughter-in-law Sarai, his son Abram's wife, and his grandson Lot, his, his son's Haran, Haran's child, and moved away from the earth of Chaldeans and he was headed for the land. Notice, where was he headed? To Canaan. God obviously had already shown up to Terah and told Terah about the promised land and that he would use his family and that he'd make him a great father of faith. And Terah moves out. Terah grabs his family, loads up his family, and they head out and they, they headed for the land of Canaan. But hear what, hear what the Bible says. But they stopped at Haran excuse me, Haran, and settled there. They stopped at Haran and settled there. So, so here is Terah. He stepped out on God's plan for his life and God's plan for his family. But the Bible says when he gets to Haran, they, they stop and settle there. Now, now, we don't know why Terah stopped there. But may, maybe he just thought to himself, this is as good as it gets because, because we understand through Scripture he's heading to Canaan, but he stops at Haran. And what's so sad is the very next verse, verse 32 in the Bible, it says that, that Terah dies where he stops in Haran. Later on, you'd read that Abraham, God visits Abraham and tells Abraham to get out of this city, and get your family and go to the land that I'll show you, Canaan and the promised land. So, so then God begins to work with Abraham after Terah. But here's what I want you to think about. Some of you think that this is as good as life gets. But God is saying to you today, I, I've, I've got more for you. God, God wants you to know that, that your story is not, your story is, is, is still being written and God's not finished with you yet. And some of you think that you're stuck, but you're not stuck. You just stopped. You're not stuck. 
You're just like Tara. God's got a plan for your life. Make, make no little plans here. God's got a great future for you. He's got a destiny for your family and your home and your children. You're, you're not stuck. You just stopped. It's not enough for God to be committed to the, to the work in your life. He's committed to finish what he started in you. But you've got to be committed to not stopping in your life. Some of you, you stopped and now you've gotten stuck and you're stuck in the worry, you're stuck in the fear, you're stuck in the discouragement, you're stuck in the pain. Hello, somebody. You're stuck in the, you're stuck in the regrets, you're, you're stuck in the shame, you're stuck in those broken relationships, the bad habits, you're stuck in the addictions. You're stuck. You know what? You know what most Christians are stuck in? Complacency. Stuck in dry seasons. But, but, but God has already promised to give you victory over all those stuck places in your life. If you don't quit. If you don't quit. I'm here to tell you if you failed, if you've messed up, you need to get back up. I've come to tell somebody today, you're, you're not disqualified. God loves you here today, sir, ma'am, teenager. Get back up. You know, uh, just like Peter felt, felt Jesus miserably, denied Christ in Jesus' most vulnerable hour, not only just denied him, he just cussing like a sailor. Turns his back on Jesus. And yet, God still used Peter just a few days later to birth the church, to initiate the, the church in the book of Acts and to bring about a great outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Revival all through the book. Of, God, God still used him. Failed miserably. Come on, get back up. Hear this today. God's not finished. If you're not finished, Hear it again. God's not finished. If you're not finished, listen, don't write yourself out of God's story. God has more chapters to your life. I'm looking for a place to stop here. But, but I got to share this. Put, put this on the screen. This, 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 this has impacted my life so much. God can help a failure, but God can't help a quitter. Somebody ought to take a picture of that. Come on, get your cameras out. That's going to help you in the days ahead. God can't help a failure, but God. God can help a failure, but God can't help a quitter. Vince Lombardi, I believe he quoted this. Great coach, leader. Winners don't quit and quitters don't win. If if God's going to do big things in our life, number one, we're going to have to realize that God's not finished with us yet. But, but number two, we've got to be committed that I'm not finished yet. In, in my office, I have this plaque. and uh, In fact, I have several of them. Usually my daughter makes these for me and different themes that I teach on and minister on and she made one years ago that I have in my office. It's something I taught on years ago, and it's helped me to navigate 
through life. It says if you don't finish, it's just like you never started. If you don't finish, it's just like you never started. I want to be reminded every day of my life that it's about finishing. And then I put a little sticky note on there just to remind myself, God can't use a quitter. I'm here to tell you, making no small plans around here and making no little plans around here. God wants to do, God says it's too small of a thing what's going on in your life. God says, I have bigger things that I want to do in your life, but here's how it's going to happen. You've got to understand and know that God's not finished with you yet. Number two, you've got to be committed that you're not finished yet, right? Can I, can I, can I give one more thing here? It's an old preacher story. Can I give an old preacher story? Uh, can, I, can I? Heard this years ago. This is an old preacher story. You're going to laugh. Years ago, and in fact, growing up, I can remember hearing this story. So many of you in the church have heard this story. But an old farmer had a donkey that was getting old. <laughs> See, somebody already heard it. And the farmer was thinking that the donkey had no more life in him, so he threw him down an empty well shaft. Because uh, the farmer didn't have the guts to just shoot him and get him out of his misery. So he just decides he's going to throw him down this well shaft and, and just bury the donkey alive. <laughs> and so he began to shovel dirt down into this, this, uh, this well onto the donkey. And the donkey started thinking to himself, hey, I, I, st I, still, have, I still have some life in me. You know, donkeys can talk, right? They talked in the Bible. <laughs> the donkey down there at the bottom of this well, you think, hey, I still got life left in me. I still have some purpose left in me. I, I'm not finished yet. And all of a sudden, that dirt starts hitting that donkey's back. And with every pile of dirt that hits that donkey's back, you know what he'd do? He'd just shake it off and take a step. And that old farmer just dump shovel load after shovel load and that donkey would just shake it off take another step shake it off you don't want to see me give my moves now just just shake it off and just take another step until that donkey actually got up out of that well and that farmer thought to himself, that donkey deserves to live. Some of you here today, some of you here today, you've been feeling like you've been buried alive. Somebody's been throwing dirt on your life. Some of you need to just shake it off and take a step and come on up out of that ditch. Come on, those, those evil words that they've said, those evil things that they've said, you just need to shake it off. And you need to take another step. I believe people are coming up out of the place of defeat. Come on, we're not quitters here. God's not finished if you're not finished. Come on, say, I'm not finished yet. Woo. I'm not finished yet. My favorite person in all of Scripture as, the, as I get older is Caleb. 
I like Caleb. He's at the age of 85, and they've actually been possessing the promised land. And the Bible says this. I want to read this, and then we'll, we'll pray. Caleb's 85 years of, of age. They've been possessing land for about five years. Notice what he says in verse 10. And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive, as he has said, these 45 years, ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses, while Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now here I am this day, 85 years old. We, we all know the story, right? Because 45 years previous to this, Caleb and, and Joshua wanted to take the promised land, but the 10 other spies did not want it. They were negative. Say, we, 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 there's giants in that land, and they were able to sway some 2 million people and talk them out of taking their promised land. They, they, they quit that day. That whole generation and ten spies. And God did not let any of them except Joshua and Caleb go into the promised land with a new generation because God can't use a quitter. And now here is, here is Caleb. He's 85 years of age and he says this in verse 11, as yet I'm as strong this day as on the day that Moses sent me. Just as my strength was in, so now is my strength for war, but for going out and for coming in. Now, now for hear it, now for, now therefore give me this mountain. So here's what they're doing. They're, 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 they're in there and they're giving, they're, they're possessing land and they're taking land and they're giving territories to all the tribes. And all these tribes are getting their territory, but Joshua and Caleb, they don't have their, their territory. And so Caleb says, hey, hey, I want my mountain. I want my piece of land. And he's saying, I'm as strong today at 85 as I was at the age of 40. I want my mountain. What, what is he saying? Caleb was saying, I'm not finished yet. That's what, that's what God is looking for. I don't care if you're 33, 23, 18, or you're 85, or even 90. Hello, Abraham and Sarah. I can still do a miracle in your 90s. Caleb is saying, I'm not finished yet. Somebody needs to tell the devil today, I'm not finished yet. Come on, I'm not finished yet. God's not finished with you yet. Your commitment is you, you've got to make a decision. I'm not finished yet. Regardless of my age, regardless of what's been going on in my life. Come on, we're going to take our mountain. We're going to take our territory. No small plans here, no little plans here. There's one last thing we need to discover. God's not finished with you yet. I'm not finished yet. And number three, we'll talk about it more next week. We're not finished yet. We're not finished yet. So say this with me. Say, 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 God's not finished with me yet. Say this. Say, I'm not finished yet. Say, say, we're not finished yet. Come on, let's say it again. Say, God's not finished with me yet. Say, I'm not finished yet. Say, we're not finished yet. God has more. He's looking over your life today. He's looking over my life today. He's looking over your family today. And he's declaring, make no small plans. Make no little plans here. I've got more. Come on. Why don't you stand to your feet today? Thank you for being so patient and allowing me to minister this. I believe it's just an introduction to where 
where we're going. God says it's too little of a thing. It's too small of a thing for you just to be saved. I have more power and more ability. I have more reach. God's got more. How many of you believe our best days are ahead? Better than ever. I'm going to ask you just to close your eyes and maybe bow your heads if we just kind of close out here. Mm, Father, I thank you today. And I'm thanking you today that you're not finished with us yet. That you're not through doing what you do. You still have more healing for us, more breakthroughs for us, more deliverances for us, more help for us. God, thank you for being faithful even when we're not faithful. God, I pray that there be such a faith in this church, a faith that's aware that you're not finished, that if it's not good, you're not done, that you've got more. God, thank you that you haven't quit on us. You haven't quit on our families and our homes and our lives. God, you haven't quit on our city and our community. You haven't quit on our state. God, regardless of the negativity that they say, God, I thank you that there still can be revival in this nation. God, we're so grateful that you're not finished with us yet. God, let that stir in the hearts of your people today like never before. God, that they can leave this place and God be facing the situations that they're facing but have a faith on the inside of their heart that knows that they serve a God that's not finished with them yet, that a God that has the answers and the breakthroughs that they need for life. God, I thank you, Lord, that this is as small as it'll ever be. This is as limited as it will ever be. This is as difficult as it will ever be. Father, we thank you today that you're getting bigger in our hearts. Father, we make commitments today that we're not finished yet. We're not, we're not going to quit. We're not going to throw in the towel. God, we understand you can't use a quitter. Oh, but Father, you're committed to the, the, the person that falls and fails if they'll get back up. Father, I... I encourage your people today to get back up, to shake it off and take a step up and live the life that God has for them. Father, I pray today that you would restore that hope that, that there's more for them, and that their commitment to trust you is initiating a brand new day in their lives. Father, I pray that you begin to stir in our hearts as a church for the things ahead that you have for us. That we're not finished yet. That you've given great doors of opportunity. Father, we worship and we thank you. God, let this be more than just a sermon. Let it be more than just another message. God, I pray that we begin to hear the marching orders and the assignment from heaven upon us, upon your people. God, the opportunities that you've given for us, our homes, our families, our church, our community, our nation. God, if there be anybody here today 
that doesn't have a relationship with you. I pray the Spirit of God to draw them right now in this place, in this space. God, those that are online don't know you, don't have a relationship with you, or perhaps did but, but haven't been living for you. Father, I pray that by the Spirit of God you would draw them into a relationship. Listen, if that's you here today, where believers are praying, and you know that you know that you're not right with God today, and you don't want to leave this service without knowing that your life and eternity is secure. I'm here to tell you, God's not finished with you yet, but He needs your cooperation. If that's you here today and you know you need to surrender your life to Jesus, if you was to die right now, you don't know where you would spend eternity. I'm talking to you today. The Spirit of God is drawing you today to make a decision that there's more, there's, there's, there's more of life that you have to live by surrendering to God. If that's you today, believers praying in this room, if that's you here today and you want to make a commitment to Jesus, surrender your life to Him or rededicate your life, would you just lift your hand right here in the building? So that's me. Just lift it and hold it up really high. His hand's going up all over this building. Wow. I know there's people online you're lifting your hands saying, I need to make a fresh commitment to God. God's not finished with you yet. And by lifting your hand, you're saying, God, I'm not finished with you either. You can put your hands down. Hey, if you lifted your hand or should have lifted your hand, would you pray this prayer? It's not repeating a prayer, but it's believing the prayer you're praying. It's meaning it with everything that's within you. So in this room and those online, just pray this prayer and mean it with all your heart. Say, say, say Father God, today, I surrender my life. I believe that Jesus died upon a cross for me. I believe he was raised from the dead for me. And today, I put my complete trust in the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father God, with your help, I'm going to live for you the rest of my life take control of my life. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Wash me. Help me to live the purpose and the plan that you have for me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus. 